I love art. I love music. I don't want to live in a world where those things aren't around or able to be enjoyed. That's like our lifeline. Welcome back to the Velvet Blue Music Podcast, the podcast that explores VBM artists and anything VBM related. Once again, I'm your host, Kirsty. We're happy to have made it to the third chapter of the VBM podcast, and we're looking forward to creating many more episodes. Thank you for expressing your interests in this podcast, and please remember, don't hesitate to give feedback. Speaking of episodes, thanks for all the nice things you said about the last one, featuring Josh Dooley of MAP and Starflyer59. If you haven't listened yet, please make sure you do and learn about the life of one of the most talented songwriters on the VBM roster. This week, I'd like to introduce another VBM fan favourite. She's had her hand in many projects, from MAP to Kissing Cousins. Her friendship with the late Richard Swift has resulted in one of the most anticipated VBM releases, Kissing Cousins' Pillar of Salt. Not only has her music been praised by many critics, but it can also be heard on some popular TV shows. And as if that isn't enough, she also runs her own record label and loves to work with up-and-coming artists in Southern California. We'd like to welcome Heather Haywood, a true friend to the VBM staff and fans alike. Joey and Heather had a chance to discuss her musical efforts over the last 20 years. Let's have a listen. So there's a guy that is a fan of the Velvet Blue Music podcast and what he does on Instagram He's a TurboGrafx-16 collector. Remember that console, TurboGrafx-16? Definitely not. Oh, you don't? Okay, so I, that I, was more no. my time. So this, this is the late 80s, Sega Genesis and, and Nintendo. The next best thing was, in my opinion, TurboGrafx. So he starts showing like a little video of this game I used to, I used to like called Splatterhouse. Okay. And it's exactly how it sounds. Axing people or what? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what happened was (laughs) this guy is supposed to save his girlfriend in this haunted house. So, you know, there's all these levels and you're and you're hitting these demons with uh, or these ghosts or whatever with this this hacksaw. Right. Okay. I decided, hey, I really want to play this, but I need to listen to Kissing Cousins. So I say, hey, why don't I listen to Kissing Cousins while I play this axe murderer game? (laughs) I love it. So I play it for like about four hours trying to beat this thing. I never did. But I've never had a most scary, freaked out night in like 30 years. <laughs> for, for some reason, the Kissing Cousin library, like the whole from, from EP1 all the way down through that video game just gave me nightmares. Like oh, I was, man, hear, I was so hearing good. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was hearing stuff down in, in the hallway. I was hearing like my, my cat would jump on someone. I'd freak out. And so I think that was one of the first sleepless nights that I've, that I've had in like a long time. Well, that tracks, but I'm sorry for the sleepless night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so yeah, great. So when we sent our kissing, we had demos that we sent to Richard Swift before he was going to record Pillar of Salt. Mm-hmm. And he said that when he was listening to the demos, his daughters, who were pretty young then, were like, is this Halloween music? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, that's okay, perfect. yeah, yeah, that that's that's perfect description. It, it is it is scary, but but addictive at the same time as I as I discovered, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks. 
Oh, I like to hear that. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't listen to it very often. Every once in a while, we'll revisit as like, you know, a memory or something, but I don't listen to it that often. Sure, <laughs> so I, I kind of forget, like, although I guess I've, I've seen the music videos more often than I've actually listened to the music, if that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, so let's, let's get this thing started here. So what made you interested in music? Well, I think I'm like, you know, a lot of children that just have liked music forever. So um, I didn't start playing music um, by myself, like just start learning guitar or whatever until I was in high school. But when I was little, you know, I went to church. I was raised in the South. So I went to a Baptist church and, okay. you know, I'm sure I participated in all the plays and the Christmas things and I like to sing, but I wasn't the person that was having all the solos or my parents didn't, not that they don't value music. My mom definitely loves music, but they didn't see that as like a legitimate uh, career path forward for me. <laughs> right, right. Did they play a lot of music growing up? Well, it's interesting because I, my parents are um, divorced, but they've been divorced since I was very little. So my stepfather he was a pastor for a very, 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 very long time. But before that, he was a missionary that would go into um, the jails in El Paso, I think, like Southern wow. Texas. And he would play songs like on his acoustic. So really, he is the first one that actually taught me any kind of chords. He let me like play with his acoustic guitar. Then eventually he gave me one later when I was like 15 or 16 or something. But it's funny because he definitely wasn't encouraging me. <laughs> but at the same time, I think he was like, oh, well, you can like lead prayer group or worship group or whatever, which I never did. <laughs> Got <laughs> but, it. Okay. So guitar yeah. was your instrument of choice. You liked the guitar out of everything. I did. Obviously, I think a lot of that has to do with being, you know, a child of the 90s, <laughs> you know, sure. grunge music and punk and all that. I loved guitar. And it was easy easy for me once he taught me a couple of things i was like oh i can just i can play all kinds of things with these three chords you know what i mean yeah yeah kurt cobain and <laughs> neil young made it yeah. very hopeful for me to be a musician exactly, exactly. same <laughs> right okay same and like kathleen hannah people who didn't really have classical beautiful voices mm -hmm. but they, they were doing something cool so i was like okay okay i can do this but I played piano when I was young, like took piano lessons. I was just never good at it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I wanted to practice. You know what I mean? I just, it wasn't like, it wasn't a love, which is sad because I really like playing piano now. And I've played, I don't play very well, but very simple. And I'm like, oh, I wish I would have taken advantage of that when I was younger. But you know, oh, you don't know. Yeah. Same. You yeah. don't know. I mean, I, I picked up drums because it was just all I had to do was tune my drums and there wasn't any music theory. But I'm forcing my kids piano right now because I yeah. want them to be able to write songs and stuff in the future well, if they want also, to. Yeah. Like just knowing how to read sheet music, just the most basic foundation, you know what I mean, is very helpful later in life. Oh, Which, yeah. Again, I'm like, oh, I really wish I would have paid more attention. But yeah, know. we say we say that now after we're married and, and we have our yeah. careers and everything. Yep. I, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. So when did you. OK, so you have this guitar, you start learning. I, I, I take it your stepdad's teaching you. When did you actually start performing? Well, that's a tricky question, too, because we so you may. Did you grow up in Orange County? I forget. 
So I grew up in a small town called Norco, California. Yeah, Norco. I know yeah Norco. which okay. which is yeah Riverside County. So you may or may not have heard of what I'm about to talk about, but we, when I was in seventh grade, we moved to Southern California from the South. So my stepfather at that time teamed up with this church called Set Free. I don't know if you remember that church. Set Free, is that, like is a, that a, it, I want to say it was more uh, Pentecostal, I want to say. Yeah, and it it was I was called non-denominational, but it's okay. in the same realm as evangelical Pentecostal. The thing that they what made them unique was that they were an outreach program for like, you know, ex-convicts and recovering addicts, sure. and it was very like you didn't dress up. Like there's lots of motorcycle gangs and lots of kids. Right. It was very like youth, you know, very youth focused. So for me, <clears throat> being like. 13, 14, it was awesome. <laughs> right. But they had their whole thing was music and they would just change the words to rock songs and then to rap hip hop songs. They had a whole posse with dancers and like, <laughs> yeah. So I joined that when I was, I guess, around 14 ish, okay. 15 ish. So that would be my first performing. <laughs> okay. Which is hysterical. <laughs> but me and my older brother were like, so I, I loved it though, because I was in charge of our little group, our little youth group. I was in charge of rewriting all of the, um, the rap songs mm-hmm. and I, I loved it. It meant that a, I could listen to them all the time. Like my mom mm-hmm. would let me buy the tapes, the singles, you know, cause we weren't allowed to listen to that kind of music. Right. But so I would just, so, so to be room. clear, it's, to be clear, it's, it's secular Rap music, Se- rock music, secular. and then yeah, exactly. and then you and then you you put Christian oh, yeah. lyrics to them. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, now you did you did mention you're from the south. Uh, uh, I want right. to guess. I want to say Arkansas. No, I'm actually from Birmingham, Alabama. Alabama. Okay, okay. Yes, and I, I lived in New Orleans for a short stint as well before we moved to Orange County. But then we eventually moved back to Birmingham when I was a junior in high school, which is like was a disaster. <laughs> okay. Why did, why did you want to move back there? I did not. I was forced. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah. My whole family moved. Um, it's funny now cause the story changes as the years go on, but how I understood it at the time was my mom wanted to be closer to my grandparents. They were getting older and it's much, much, much cheaper to live in Alabama than Southern California. Oh yeah. Especially I have seven brothers and sisters, so we always had to have a really big house. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Oh, so. yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, which is why I'm in Idaho. I just I can't afford to live in Southern California anymore. So yeah, Idaho, though, is really beautiful. expensive. Oh, yeah. Really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're in Southern California. Tell me about the first band. I want to say you were in a band uh, around 1996 or so called Marvel. Was that in Southern yeah. California? No, that was actually back in Birmingham. Okay, tell me about so, Marvel. Yeah, so Marvel was started, it was the year after I graduated from high school. So I went to college and decided to come back for a host of reasons. I went to college in Tulsa, and I did not particularly want to stay there. <laughs> I'm okay. sure one of the reasons is because I still had a boyfriend in Alabama, but there was a host of other reasons as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up coming back to Birmingham. And me and my boyfriend at the time, we started a band. He was already playing guitar with some guys 
you know, that he went to church with or youth group with or something. But then he was starting to write his own songs, but he wasn't a very good singer. So he was like, you know, sing my songs. So we started doing things like that. And we ended up going to one of those like huge youth conferences in like Florida or something. Okay. And they basically like have like a talent show. I guess it was like a talent show. I can't mm-hmm. really even remember, but I do remember we sang one of his songs and we met the band that had been like hired to perform. I wish I could remember. I was just looking through stuff cause I can't remember what their name was, mm-hmm. but whatever the band was that had been hired to be like the youth group entertainment, they were like, they were young too. The oldest guy was like 25, although we thought he was so old. Right. <clears throat> but they were like, you guys are so good. We want to produce an album for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just so funny. So your boyfriend played guitar and, and what did you do? You, you, you were sang. you only vocals? Okay. Yeah. I just sang. They, they weren't very, um, it wasn't until really Josh Dooley and my husband, Ben, who really let me actually play an instrument. Most of the time, people just wanted me to sing. I'd be like, oh, I can play, you know, keys or bass or guitar. They'd be like, no, no, you just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You, you stick with the microphone, which was whatever. It was fine for that time in my life. But but you enjoyed um, singing, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you're, you're good at it, so I assume that you're, well, <laughs> that you're enjoying I don't it. Know. That's very sweet. I never felt like I was good at it because, you know, I'm... I'm in, in this church world where all these people are singing so beautifully and it's like basically like people like Lauren Hill singing and then there's me, <laughs> you know, right. so I didn't feel like I was good at it, but I was, I did enjoy writing songs. I've always liked the songwriting part uh, mm-hmm. more than anything. So anyway, they live in Northern Alabama, which was like a couple hours commute and we would just go up there and start writing songs with them. It was really fun. So that was really the first time that like I was writing with a band and playing with a band, okay. you know, they, and I, and I had so much respect for them. They were so cool and amazing. And like, you know what I mean? helped me record right. and we we started a band and we called it Marvel because that was out of a scripture verse. Okay. Um we got a lot of blowback from that though because of obvious reasons. <laughs> right. Marvel right. comics. Like we weren't yeah. really allowed to ever put it on anything. <laughs> so it was right. Okay. I didn't think they would care back in ninety six. I would figure after the well, first Spider Man or something. Yeah. It didn't become an issue until for like 35 hours, we thought we were going to get signed to a label and then it was an issue like, oh, you're going to have to change your name. You're going to have to, you know, and none of that ended up happening because the label was, do you remember that label rescue records? Oh yeah. So it was that label and they had just POD had just signed to Atlantic. So literally rescue records like folded the next week or whatever. Okay, yeah. so they were okay. So so POD was their source of income or whatever, right? Yeah, I think it was their label. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Did you actually uh, record a record then? 
It's not a full record. It was like six songs, I think. So I guess it would be be considered an EP. But we were oh, we were just using it as like, you know, like demos or you know, sure. just to to sell at shows and try to get attention. Um, but it was a very short lived. I would say probably less than two years of my life. Okay. Which is insane because it was a whirlwind. A lot happened in that two years. Also, my age range. You know, that's very. Um, those are influential times, <laughs> but sure, absolutely. But it, was, it was actually really short. <laughs> so, so it was kind of. It's just. I just think it's awesome. You're already. You're. You're getting your feet wet. How old were you at this time? Were you around sixteen? Yeah. No, no. This was after high school, so I was probably eighteen. This was probably like eighteen to twenty. Eighteen to twenty. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You're able to get some experience that way. Now, now, when did you actually meet? Your now husband, but boyfriend back then, uh, Ben. Yeah. So I didn't meet him until I moved back to Orange County, which was in um, two th- year 2000. Mm-hmm. And we worked together. So I met him right away. Like, I mean, we didn't start dating right away, but we met right away and became friends because we had a lot in common, which was, I mean, he was so funny because, you know, you were young and he's like name dropping all the bands he knows once he finds out, like, I like music and stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But he's like, yeah, my band, we're playing with Starflyer 59 next week. And I was like, oh, was a huge <laughs> Starflyer fan, you know, like, uh-huh. so excited. And then we started talking about like Dave Bazan and we're just like, so we had a lot in common that way already. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't too much longer that we started dating. And then I was already do- in a music project when I moved back to California. Okay. So I basically was like, you're my boyfriend. You're going to play drums. <laughs> right. Okay. Was this project by chance Summer Darling? No. So Summer Darling came out of my and Ben's time together. Okay. That started in like, I guess, around the ma- around the time that we were playing with MAP. So 2002 or three. <laughs> it was basically like Ben had been a drummer in, in bands, but he was also a songwriter. So this was his, like his turn to like play guitar and sing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so that's what summer darling kind of became. And he let me play bass. It was very exciting. <laughs> okay. So you played <laughs> so, bass for summer. Darling. Okay. So Ben is yeah. actually, is he, is he singing? I'm, I take it. He's singing yeah. as well, right? Yeah. He sings and plays guitar and then I'm playing bass and singing backup vocals mm-hmm. with them, which is, I think, I'm pretty sure that that's why Josh Dooley was like, oh, Heather should just come and sing in MAP. And then I was like, only if you let me play guitar. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and that was that was actually one of my next questions here. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but before I get to that, uh, are you yeah. guys, it seems like you guys are still active with Summer Darling. Is that is that right? Well, Summer Darling ended, unfortunately, um, many, uh, 2012 maybe. Okay. For, uh, again, a host of reasons. No, like, one bad thing or anything we had a a very fun time in summer darling lots of great memories lots of good music and i'm still very close friends with our other bandmate who was pretty much the other main guy in summer darling dan mm-hmm. um in any case so summer darling and map is happening in parallel right yes that happened in parallel and then I think Summer Darling started to like play more shows and do more things as MAP was kind of backing back down from the touring and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we never like had a falling out or anything. We just, 
the next time he started recording again, he just got other people to play with him. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't a big deal or hurt feelings or anything, but I'm pretty sure that that was around the same time. Summer Darling was kind of like picking up steam and map was kind of settling down because we were, I mean, at this point in my life, we were touring all of the time. It's crazy. I mean, we never went on vacations. All we did was tour. I barely even saw my family. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were no, I get always that. touring. So is yeah. that how you met Josh? Was it like on tour? Because <laughs> I, I know I know Ben was in Remember August, and I know that Starflyer right, right, right. and Map did some shows with Remember August uh, a few times. But how did you and Josh Dooley connect? Yeah, that's how, that's how we connected because – Cloud basically, so Ben through through Remember August and playing shows with Starflyer had you know a, a started a friendship with Jeff Cloud. It wasn't like they were besties or anything, but you know they knew each other. And Cloud had like hired him to pass out flyers around LA or something, you know, something like mm-hmm. that. Yep. And so Ben was in contact with him, and he just he actually either reached out to Ben or told Dooley to reach out to Ben about joining MAP. Mm-hmm. So that's how I met Dooley because I was already dating Ben at the time. Got and it. I met Dooley then and I went to shows. I wasn't in it right away. Mm-hmm. When did he actually hear you sing? Was it, was it with Summer Darling or, or it were you helped? Been. It must've been. Yeah. It must've uh, been. Un- unless, that's unless a great you were, question. Yeah. I must, un- unless know. you're a, you're helping out with remember August, but I don't remember. No, you. no, no, no. Yeah. I don't remember not. that happening. Um, no. so he must've got some music from summer darling and then he asked you to join map. And then you said, sure, I'll join map if I could play guitar. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. And, uh, and then he did something that was, I don't think he's ever done before. He actually co-wrote a song with you called Dixon. That's a good song too. So he, cause it, it <laughs> so is a good, really, really, really good song. Now, now he, uh, he, I, I know Josh and I know he treasures like his songs are, are it reflects him, right? His, I guess oh, yeah. what he, it's like his diary, I guess you could say of his life. So the fact that he would trust someone else to write lyrics and then wow. write, write the melody was, was a big, was a big thing. Yeah. the re- I think he let me do it because I wrote it. A, it's still a pay, it's still about Dooley. Do you know what I mean? Like it's still in the Dooley range of stories uh-huh. that I uh-huh. had in my brain <laughs> Got it. from him. Cause you know, we were very close, still very close. So I knew all the ups and downs of all his lady friends and you know, all the things sure. going on in his life and how, you know, how much do you talk about when you're on tour? You're like, no, no, no stone gets left unturned right <clears throat> there's plenty of time to talk about your lives and talk about exactly. everything yep exactly and i was you always know, I, the only girl around so like <laughs> i was getting right. all the good gossip i was actually chatting with you about um this show in la that i saw you perform in map and this is back in i don't even know when was that 2004 or yeah, something had to be. and and it was yeah, the first time I actually saw a woman on stage singing MAP songs, and I thought it was really, really cool. And were you playing guitar at that time? Yeah. 
you were playing Definitely. guitars too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I remember that night. Let me know if you remember this night. That night, okay. uh, I haven't seen Josh because I was I started college. I haven't seen Josh in in probably a couple of years, and he was all shaky because I guess a cop came to him all dressed up, right? And he comes up and and he goes right to Josh and he says. Hey, are you Josh Dooley? And Josh is like, <laughs> he turns white, right? He's like, he's like, yeah, I am. He's like, you come over here, come over here. And so he walks to the to the patrol car, and Josh is like, I'm going to jail for some reason. I have no idea why. I love that and he so he's shaking. Thinks he's going to jail. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what have you done? Have you killed anybody? You haven't robbed the store. Why would you think that? So he's <laughs> he's shaking. He's literally like, he felt his heart to his stomach. He told me, and and he goes into the trunk and pulls out a Jack Daniels bottle and the, and a map Eastern skies, Western ice city. It's like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a big map fam here. I'm here's your whiskey. Fan. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Here's your whiskey. And can you sign the CD for me? And he just, I guess he just started laughing hysterically. Oh, I he know really exactly thought he was going that to jail. That is too. Yeah. That's Max. Oh, okay. So you knew, okay. <laughs> well, I didn't know him yet, but we, we're, we're all still really good friends with Max. He's a really nice dude. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. He's a, he's a, Velvet Blue fan, like as well. He's, you know, Velvet Blue fans are very interesting. They're very loyal. <laughs> it's, it's very really nice. Very, very loyal and very normal. I, I, I figured a lot the of these guys have normal so jobs nice. and, yeah, kids. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing. But yeah, we've actually played like sh- shows at Max's house. Like he would invite us to come just because he wanted to like invite his friends over and have like a private show, just stuff like that. He's so cute. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You and Josh are still pretty close friends, right? <laughs> oh yeah, he li- right this very second he is in his electric car heading towards me. We're gonna go swimming at three p.m. <laughs> okay. okay, I guess yeah. he could tell you how how things went today then. He said something very, very nice. He said, um, you are a definition of a great friend. The Aww. story of, of how he got West Nile virus, he was telling Aww. me the, the details about it. We kind of went over it during his episode of the Velvet yeah. Blue Music Podcast. But he said, you know what? I don't know what I would have done without Heather. Heather would come up. I guess he stayed in your the hospital that you work yes. out uh, work at right now, right? Yeah. You would come up every night or whenever he had to eat and feed him while he was paralyzed. Oh man, I can't even like relive those moments. It was heartbreaking. Yeah, but, he said it was. He he said it was the worst time of his life. But he said oh, yeah, in these words, sure. he said these words, "I will take a bullet for Heather any day." Oh my goodness, that's so sweet. Well. Obviously, we love each other very much. He's definitely a part of my family, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was awful. I hope that no one ever has to experience that ever in their life. It was, I can't even believe what your body can do and recover from, you know, like. Sure. And that he can play guitar now and, uh, like, I'm so thankful because that was really scary. You know, we weren't sure if he was going to be able to play guitar again or even really walk normally. Yeah, he was saying he knew how to play guitar in his head, but he had to reteach his, his hands. hands, right, yeah. to, to actually do what his brain is telling him to do, which is, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, he's a very strong person, for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So tell me when you and Ben Haywood got married. So we got married in 2005, June 12th. Um, 
my wedding, I don't remember a whole lot because I think that that's normal, right? You don't really. <laughs> mm. That's what they tell you anyway, that, that, that that's normal. But obviously a highlight of my wedding was Richard Swift was like, he sang and like played music for our first dance and for the opening of like our reception, which is so funny because I'm like, why did he even agree to do that? I'm so thankful that he did. Uh-huh. But I think we paid him like 200 bucks or something. I mean, <laughs> I guess just because he was a lovely human. I right. don't know. Because we weren't like best friends then or like super close. How did you meet him? Was he playing in Starflyer at the time? You know, we met him, I think, right before that. So we we actually met him because of <clears throat> Josh Dooley and Jeff Cloud. So Summer Darling went to record our first full length with Franklin's. Mm-hmm. And he and Eli and Swift would all, they were all hanging out all the time because they were part of Swift's band. Mm-hmm. And they would come over and like hang out. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were so mm-hmm. cute. But then they would start like putting stuff down on our songs, which was incredible. You know, if Swift's like, oh, I want to play piano on the song, you're not going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. But Map, once I was in Map, we were playing with swift all the time we were playing Mm -hmm. shows together Mm -hmm. all the time so and you know me and ben and then our other bandmate loop we were like not bad kids but we were definitely were drinking all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. you know you're playing like church shows and youth groups and stuff and we would always be like the ones with drinking in the van so everyone would come and hang out with us at some point in the in the evening you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah so we became buddies with um all of those guys, they were all just so nice. And they they were a little bit older than us, or at least that's what it felt like, maybe because they were doing better. <laughs> but sure. it just felt like, you know, they were kind of like our big brother band, kind of. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But they would always, like, throw us cool shows. Like, Kissing Cousins, our, our third show ever was opening for Richard Swift at Spaceland, which is insane wow. to me. Because <laughs> right. people would, were, at that point in time... It was so hard to get a show at Spaceland. I had definitely never played Spaceland, you know. So and I think I heard the bad news is Spaceland closing down, or that's too bad. It's just not going to be a music venue anymore, which is this, you know, it is sad. But I guess they got to do what they got to do. Okay, that's too bad. Well, too bad. So you mentioned you mentioned Kissing Cousins, right? Let's go right into that here. Tell me about your original lineup. Who did you start playing with? So Kissing Cousins came out of a, um, almost like a joke between a girlfriend and me. Her name is Beth. She was, um, I guess the first, you technically she's the first drummer. I mean, it all kind of happened in a weird way, (laughs) but we had like kind of joked about starting a band together and then she was moving to South Carolina. So we lived in LA, we were friends. We joked about it. I didn't really ever think it would happen, but I always wanted to have a girl band. Always, always, always. So I was like, yeah, let's start a girl band. She was like, I want to play drums. Uh-huh. So I was like, perfect. What will we name it? And I think she ended up coming up with the name, actually, because um, we were both from the South. Okay. Um, but then she moved back to South Carolina, so I didn't even really think anything more of it. And then when... Me and Ben got married in 2005. We got an Apple computer. It was like a really big deal, uh-huh. <laughs> which meant we had GarageBand. 
Right. So I just started, you know, because once you do that, it's like a new toy. So I just mm-hmm. started like writing songs and messing around with it. And like, they were not even that great of songs, but it was fun. I was just like messing around and I did a, um, a map cover silhouettes. Right. And I think, and then Ben actually is playing, he brought like, you know, a kick and maybe Tom or maybe snare into our bedroom and he's recording that very simple drum beat on that. But the point was we were sending those songs to Beth in South Carolina because she had just bought a drum kit and was taking drum lessons. So it was like <laughs> okay. this. It's so, so she silly. wasn't even a, she, she wasn't a seasoned drummer. She just was like, Hey, I, I want to do this. She was just like, this is something, something she wanted to do. When she bought the drums and started taking lessons, I was like, Ooh, well I just started writing songs. I'll send them to you. And then you can like, play along with them it'll be it was just like a fun exercise between friends to be honest Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then without i didn't even know ben sent the songs to cloud (laughs) okay not i mean it's not it's not like shame on you for doing that he just didn't really tell me i think he probably didn't tell me just in case cloud was like (laughs) this is not yeah right 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 Mm-hmm. but cloud was like oh i love it let's like put this out and and then that was really exciting because anytime anyone likes and anything you do is exciting but also cloud was at that point a very good friend and mm-hmm. i was just excited to work with him and do my own thing because you know map was done and then we were doing summer darling but you know i was writing my own songs this way mm-hmm. so and then Beth on... decided to okay. move back because of course we you know once a label like Velo Blue tells you they're gonna put out your album, you know the next thing is like stardom. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, or at like, least one step closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she ended up moving back. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't the only reason, but mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, so Beth was the drummer at first. Um and pretty much throughout the whole thing. Ben definitely filled in. He would wear his little girl wig. <laughs> and fill in on tours or shows that she couldn't make it and um, oh that's funny so he would disguise oh that is great oh, yeah. <laughs> we we've actually had a lot of girls come in and out of kissing cousins which it really started as a fun thing to do with my friends mm-hmm. you know like giving them at the time there really wasn't a lot of girl musicians happening in la and there wasn't a lot of opportunity so it was really fun to get to like provide that creative space for my friends who would never really have had a creative space that way. Right. And, you know, that mm-hmm. was important. I thought that was, I thought I was doing a really good thing. <laughs> it's kind so, of silly now when I look back, I'm like, Oh, I right. really didn't like try to like make this good at all. I really, I think um, maybe I could have accomplished the same goal, but also tried to like make them, make it better <laughs> you know what i mean i don't see that i, I, I might disagree with you I, I, okay. oh you're very mark mark, mark very this kind. right this is my first disagreement with a, a guest of mine here it's, it's with <laughs> heather haywood so uh you're telling me that from and we're going to go through this in more detail but th- uh, okay. through your first three eps and uh, you're, you're not seeing like a like an, an increase of talent and an increase of, of songwriting no, ability that, you don't sure. you don't see any of that no, that is for sure happening. You're, you're mm-hmm. right. That's not really what I meant, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but no, but <laughs> Maybe no, I heard right. something different. Yeah. Well, I think I think what I was meaning more was like, at the time, because I was so invested 
in Summer Darling and mm-hmm. thinking that that was like, that was the band, you know, it's the band I was in with my husband. Like that was the one I wanted to go on big, huge national tours with. And that's when mm-hmm. I thought the music was so interesting and so good. The Kissing Cousins was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting to have fun and I'm getting to include all of my friends. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and we're having so much fun. And my friends had other things to offer, even if they weren't great musicians. Some of them happened to be good at what they did, like Kara, who mm-hmm. plays flute on Pillar of Salt. I mean, she was incredible. Loved playing with her. Super fun. Um, mm-hmm. And But like um, Amanda and Alexis and Beth and then a couple others, they weren't really like looking to play music or be in a band but they thought it was really fun and something fun to do. It was definitely like the social thing to do. You know what right. I mean? Uh-huh. I heard Low Tom <laughs> is literally together just so their friends could get together and hang out and maybe go on a on a West Coast tour or something and then have their right. their records paid for. I mean, right? That's a mm-hmm. great reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we and we get to benefit. That's great. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like how Kissing Cousins was. And it was interesting because the whole time I had other musician friends telling me like, you know, you should do this or you should get a better drummer or you mm-hmm. should do this and this. And I was like, but that's not the point. You know what I mean? The point right. is I'm writing songs. I'm expressing myself. These girls are also getting to express themselves creatively, whether it's whatever it's doing, tambourine mm-hmm. or cowbell or guitar or whatever. Like, so what, I think that's more of what I meant is when I look back, I'm like, well, maybe we could have done something better. Maybe we could have right. been on a different path, like war, war paint or something. If we would have sure. put it more in the view of career, but it just, that wasn't what it was. It was to have fun. And we had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's just more of the strategies. Maybe if you would have strategized a little bit more, but it wasn't like your your music was was uh, was not up to par, right? It was. Oh, it was that's great. Sweet. The Thank songs you. were really great. You know. But, I do but let's talk. Let, let's let's talk about some of your library here. So in two thousand and five, okay. EP one is released, and your right. the first song on EP one is Silhouettes, a map cover. So that was, was that was that just because you were oh this is fun to have a you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just so I could practice recording just so I could practice you know oh, uh, yeah, making totally. songs that was yeah my I'm just favorite gonna map song my mm-hmm. ultimate favorite map song and I was like every time you know you know when you are like envisioning a cover you have a specific kind of thing in your mind or at least mm-hmm. that's I. I just saw it happening so differently and I wanted to try to make it happen the way I heard it, which is why I picked it. I loved it and I wanted it to be even creepier because it's a creepy ass stalker song. What did Josh think about it? I think he loved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he thought it was cool. And that was like our most popular song for years, (laughs) which is so funny. Um, Yeah, so... So did Josh? I, I could. I'm. I'm trying to picture Josh just his personality. Did he? Was he encouraged? I, I could see him being very encouraging for you and doing this project and songwriting and and playing shows. Is that right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. 
I mean, I think he thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Again, what I was saying, it was like a social, a social thing, and there was lots of pretty single girls around. So I think <laughs> all the, I think all the dudes were okay with it. <laughs> right. But you know, we we're like in our twenties at this point. Um, me and Ben were the only people who were married. You know, what I mean? right. like everybody right. else was single or doing their thing. So yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Josh was always he. I mean, he's always been my buddy. Like, I don't feel like if he had any weird feelings about it, he never told me. Mm-hmm. Which he doesn't, by the way. He lo- he told yeah, me. Yeah, I was like, like, I don't think, I don't know why he would. It only brought more attention to him. He thought it was the greatest thing, you know, just to mm-hmm. let you know. He thought it was, he he thought it was weird being in the audience, listening to another band play a yeah. song that he wrote. It meant so much to him, so. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I was going to say this. I don't know why I remember this at all, but it's been stuck in my head since I listened to EP1. Okay. Uh, and I might have heard it from Josh or it might have been Jeff or somebody, but did you record everything with just a laptop microphone? It's not even a laptop. It was, do you remember the EMAC? Uh, no, no, I don't think I even remember that. Was, I was a Windows was, guy for a while. It was really, it was only around a couple of years, but they had like, it looked really cool. It was the, it was just like a monitor and you could get like blue or hot pink. Or hot, oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. Um, but, it was just but, one machine. Like there was no external hard right. drive. It was just this whole, and that is the microphone. <laughs> that is, that is yeah, that, that is pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Cause it sounds really good now. And now I know the drums are probably sampled mostly, right? Uh, would you, would you say that did you program the drums in, in GarageBand? Did we? I don't even remember. I think Ben's playing the drums. The first two were done in my bedroom with this EMAC, mm-hmm. and no one even really mixed it or mastered it because I didn't know my amazing friend who mixes and masters all the things I do now. I didn't know him yet, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's. Wow. I mean, it could. I feel like the vibe that it hits. It is is just what was happening. With you know, right. the, with the garage band reverb effect <laughs> or whatever we right, were using. Yeah. And, and in my opinion, yeah. that's and I'm and I'm a I'm an indie guy. I appreciate indie music, you know, and that's yeah. what kind of builds character on these songs is that hey, this was recorded in the corner of a of a bedroom. Yeah. And yeah. it just kind of it makes it way more interesting in my opinion. Oh, that's so I'm glad that you like it because to me when I, I it's kind of cringeworthy at the you know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't think so. Yeah. But it's myself. Now remember so I'm listening it's hard to, to judge uh, yourself. I'm playing Splatterhouse while while listening to this. <laughs> and, and I was it was it was definitely creating a vibe for me for sure. So after this was released, did you guys start touring? Um no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. I'm trying to think when was our first tour? It wasn't until probably we went to Cornerstone. When would that have been? A couple of years later, maybe. Um, no, like I said, I was so busy with the other bands that this was just like a fun project. We just kept, people kept asking us to play shows with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which was great. So we just kept doing that. But all the other girls, they had, you know, real jobs and stuff going on. Like, sure. So we did do a couple of tours throughout throughout the life of kissing cousins but never all of us it was never we never had one that was all of us which is so weird Mm. like someone was always missing or someone was filling in for someone or 
You know what I mean? Or it would just or, be or me just and life, Beth and Ben. Life. You, get, or, you got a job yeah. at home. You got, yeah, you can't, you can't leave for two weeks and not get in trouble. Well, yeah. And it wasn't like, this is like good payday or anything. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean, I didn't care cause that was what I wanted to do and loved, but like, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't like ask these girls to like give up their rent money. You know what I mean? Like, I know what I you know. mean. Yeah. Yep. So yep, I know what you mean. we didn't do some fun, like go to San Diego or go to San Francisco, stuff like that for sure. Mm-hmm. But our, I think our biggest one was we went to Chicago. We played with Swift at mm-hmm. Shuba's and then we drove down to Cornerstone. I'm Josh Julie and Starflyer were definitely there that year too. So we had so much fun mm-hmm. hanging out with all of them. And I think that that's like, besides in 2011, we went to Canada and back. I think that's really all the Kissing Cousins tour did. It's kind of a shame. I wish we would have played many other places. I think it would have been really fun, but just mm-hmm. wasn't in, wasn't the right timing. <clears throat> what yeah. kind of feedback did you get from, from the, the record? It must've been positive, right? Yeah. I think it's interesting. <laughs> it's so hard. I have to like really rewind my memories, mm-hmm. you know, I don't remember what the feedback was, but obviously it was positive because we kept going. <laughs> so, right. And I know Cloud and, was like, Hey, we want to, mm-hmm. let's put out another one like ASAP. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, oh, okay, which is why a lot of times there's covers because, you know, I, I'm only, I can only write so many, so many interesting original songs in a short amount of time. What was one of your favorite songs in EP two? Hmm. I, I'll tell you my, my favorite one yeah, is, tell me your favorite. is your, yeah, it's, is actually the, the last one, Let You Down. Let you down. Let you down. So that's Deadline. Oh, Deadline Live Without You. So Active Birth <laughs> is the is a cover, because like I said, there's pretty much okay. a cover on every Kissing Cousins album. Mm-hmm. Um, Active Birth was a song by my friend who, at this point in time, was doing really well in L.A. His name's Nico Stai. His voice is incredible. He's a super interesting um, mm-hmm. musician. And that was one of his songs. And I loved it. And I really... I mean, I love this song, but I secretly in my mind, I wanted to do this song because I wanted him to sing with me. Uh-huh. So I was like, he, like well, you know, my deep wish. And he did. We played a show and he did sing it with me. That's like one of my proudest moments. <laughs> how cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is this is one of the best. Uh, yeah. The song, it seems like that's the, the it, forgive me if I'm wrong, but it seems like a lot of the other <laughs> songs seems like they're the drums are programmed, but this one's the drums sound really raw sounding, uh, which, so, which I appreciate that. Let you down. Definitely been played drums on in my bedroom. Okay. Um, live without you. I don't remember what the drums sound like. They may be looped. 
I can't remember. And then Deadline was definitely, because that's a song I wrote on, like, the cheesy, like, keyboard of the computer. <laughs> that song was about my best friend at the time, which is so weird. It's so funny when I look back at, like, all of these songs, like, where my head was at. But I definitely <laughs> was doing my best PJ Harvey. Cloud must have really liked the first two, because a uh, year after that, 2007, you released EP3. And right. I want to say this one here... Like the production was like well, yeah, night and day, <laughs> right? Night and day, and one of the best song, I think the best song on the record, in my opinion, is "Weigh the Options." Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's like now, magic. Who in the world produced <laughs> those yeah, strings? So- It was one, so Todd was my friend who was in a band called Death House Chaplet, and he had just started um, doing some recording and stuff, and he was collaborating with this violinist named Tom Lee. And this guy is like, obviously, you know, at this point, out of this world, talented. And he and his sister, like, he's just like majorly talented string players. So he and Todd had already been working on projects together, like different kinds of things. So Todd, who did eventually become a drummer of Summer Darling, side side note, mm-hmm. but he he offered to record Kissing Cousins. And I had a couple of songs ready to go. Um, and this one was just something I had just started working on. And we were recording, um, I forget, One-Eyed Woman or one of the other songs with the other girls. We'd been recording all day and then they left and I was just sitting with Todd and playing the song for him because I was trying to kind of figure it out or Mm -hmm. see what we wanted to do with it. And he recorded it, just my scratch guitar and vocals. I mean, I really wish we would have redone them, but at the same time, it's so magical. And And then he just got Tom the next time they were working together was like, hey, let's like lay some strings on this track. And when I heard it, I was like jaw dropped to the floor. Right. So beautiful, like so insane. But yeah, so that's, it sounds way better than the other ones because we're doing it with better microphones. We're in, mm-hmm. we're still in a rehearsal space. It's not like a recording studio, but, but you know, sure. more set up than my bedroom. I'm pretty sure he was using Pro Tools or something equivalent, <laughs> you know. Right. I, I appreciate the simplicity of EP one and two. I really did. Right. But when, when I heard EPC, you're kind of like, whoa, this is next level stuff here, you know, especially. Well, yeah. You can, you're like, oh, they got Kara. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> like, oh, they have a real musician. So we need to start like, <laughs> you know, doing things a little bit better. No, it was just opportunities, to be honest with you. Like, I would have loved to have recorded the other two in a recording studio or with people, but that's just not where we were at. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And and you mentioned One-Eyed Woman. I think that's one of <laughs> yeah. the one of the best rock songs during that time too, man. That, that, oh I, gosh, I can't believe it. I haven't heard, I've never heard that one before. And, and I heard it uh, like a week and a half ago. I'm like, man, this thing's uh, kicking my butt. <laughs> she put one leg in.
album because we wrote it about this whole night in Vegas that we had, which, mm-hmm. so I don't know, those are always fun when you have like fun stories going on in your head while you're singing it, you know? Sure. Was <laughs> it a literal one-eyed woman in Vegas? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that is funny. I'm afraid to ask, ever, I'm, I'm yeah, afraid like, to ask more details, though. So. Golden Spike? They've actually mm, redone no. it now, but it used to be real ghetto, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is so fun, obviously. Was she dealing cards or something? No, she was sitting at the table with us. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You recorded a live version of Silhouettes. Um, So the live version is in that same rehearsal space. It's live because we're all playing at the same time. Okay. I was going to say that's a, that's a nice recording. I didn't know exactly where you, where you played that. Yeah. No, that's us in the rehearsal space, but that was really the first time Beth got to play drums on any of the songs, like in a Mm -hmm. recording. So that was, that was a fun one. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and that same year, you released "She's Right." She's right was really the start. That was the first song. I was starting to write a full length, which "She's Right" was the first song that would eventually go on to Pillar of Salt. And I think that um, we just needed more content. I don't remember why. Maybe we were going somewhere to Cornerstone, or maybe. David Bazan had asked us to play a show and we just needed something to come out. Do you know what I mean? Got it. Yeah. And then let you down. Live was just another fun one that we wanted to do and let Beth mm-hmm. play. And then this is still me is a cover. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course. Okay. Of another friend of mine who was in a band called the woods that I had met when we were touring with map uh-huh. and we had become really good friends. And I just thought his voice and his songs were so beautiful. So wanted to like bring attention to it and in 2009 you released pillar of salt yes that was like i mean what a gift mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the whole experience was so lovely i'm so grateful to cloud and obviously to swift for making that happen but what an experience we had we got to go so it was very strange because you know you're working around at this time swift was doing like actually working with like real bands so we're kind of having to like fit in to the two three days he has available right Mm -hmm. which happened to be thanksgiving holiday so okay so again i can't really like make these girls not do their thanksgiving holiday with their families and stuff right um they were all invited to come and they were all invited to participate at the same time we were working, we were like working on these songs probably like three nights a week because we, we only had a very short amount of time Mm -hmm. to get them all recorded. And I didn't want to start the recording with Swift and then like finish it later in LA or, you know what I mean? Which is always an option, but like I wanted his fingerprints all over it. Mm-hmm. I wanted from the musicianship all the way to the vocals. Like that was the whole point of working with him. Right. <clears> and, <throat> and I imagine he's pl- he is playing probably a lot of the instruments on this thing, right? Oh yeah. He plays a lot of different things, but just the way he recorded alone was just like, I had never experienced anything like that. He was recording. So we wanted to record on tape, like mm-hmm. real to real, you know, um, which is expensive and crazy and all that, <laughs> but we really mm-hmm. wanted to do it that way. But when you do it that way, you're limited, um, obviously, because you only have a certain amount of tracks, you know, 
you can only use effects in a certain kind of way. And so mm-hmm. he was live, rec- live affecting everything as we were recording, which can get real hairy. But right. I felt like his his mind and his like creative like space, he just like had it down mm-hmm. and I would just be singing. And then all of a sudden I would hear my voice like traveling throughout the whole entire like studio and like coming, you know what I mean? It was so cool. And so it turned out so beautiful. I thought, um, yeah. So unfortunately not all the girls got to participate, which I'm bummed. I wish they would have, cause it was right. such a cool experience, but, um, Ben and my friend Johnson's, and then Rhea and Kara all got to go and we got to participate. And then Sean, my friend Sean Foy and my friend Pear were also there just helping out for the fun, participating okay. and helping out for the fun of it, you know. Um, right, right. Now, now yeah. Josh, when, when Josh worked with Richard, he said he had all his guitar parts tracked and then he sent it to... Richard and Frank, and then they, they just built on top of that. So this was not recorded like that. He, no, he actually no, 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 no. recorded from the ground up, like drums and like probably the rhythm section first. And No, 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 no. Everything no? was live, everything. The only thing we overdubbed mm-hmm. were vocals and flute and okay. maybe some hand claps, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but no, like... That's why we worked so hard. Like Sean Stems was playing bass. Ben was playing drums. Richard Swift did play drums on one of the songs. Mm-hmm. And then I was playing either guitar or bass, depending on the song. And no, we were just playing them live. One, two wow. takes, three takes, like done. Move along. Because we were, you know, we were on a time limit. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> man, it it just sounded like something Richard Swift touched, you know, like something, oh, something yeah. really, really amazing. And And he was really good about... Uh, the thing about Richard, what he didn't do, like what a lot of people do, like if you give, um, if you ask, uh, someone from another band to produce something, they, because they're not producers, they'll make it sound like their band, right? Like, oh, um, right, right. name a band, right? Like, or, or you give it to this other person and they turn, they end up turning your songs into their music, right? Where Richard just didn't, he didn't do that. Somehow he found uniqueness, Right. Right. He found uh, uniqueness in each band and and really brought that out. And I th- I thought that was really he was really good at that. Yeah, he really was. And he had good ideas, you know, because we would have our like basic idea for a song, and he would be like, like for instance, probably one of my favorite songs on the record is um, "Don't Look Back." Lay your head down, try and get some sleep. It's what you need to get some sleep. No one will worry if you shut your eyes and get some sleep. It's what you need. Black wall will lift away, and some may say you pushed away. The distant light, it's growing dim. Forget about him, don't look And he, he was like, you know what this song needs? Because we couldn't really figure out how to end it. It was just kind of like going on and on forever. And we're like, do mm-hmm. we do like the fade out? Do we do like, like, what is this song? He's like, you know what this song needs? It needs like, you know, like those motorcycle gang girlfriend, like 
talking over it and we were all like uh yeah that's brilliant but then of course I immediately was like oh my god I don't have I don't know what to say I'm so embarrassed (laughs) like I can't like so he was like give me a second and he literally like walked into the other room and then he came out and had that whole written thing that I say at the end and it was like we didn't even change anything we just like hit record and I read I think I read through it twice he wrote that yeah oh so good but what was interesting is it had he had based it on a conversation that we had all had probably like the day before or something. Mm-hmm. It was based on inside jokes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we had had this whole conversation about what the lady's name was in the Bible. <laughs> like, it's you know true. I, mean? I don't, I don't think we, and it's funny. I, I, when I was listening to that, I'm like, no, I'm sure her name was in there and I had to go check in and it's That's not. That's what we all life. thought. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, interesting. Like, yeah. like that was actually based on just on, I can't even remember how that conversation had even occurred, but it was just one of those things where you have this funny conversation that became like an inside joke for the whole weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that ultimately got into a song, which became the album title. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Speaking of, of that song, it's featured in American horror story. Right. So that is one of the really cool, fun, um, additive perks of my friend at the time, Alexis, she mm-hmm. was dabbling in the band. You know, she would play glockenspiel sometimes or tambourine or keyboard. Again, it was a social thing to do and it was something fun. Sure. But she really wanted to make a music video. Mm-hmm. So basically because of her connections and she worked on American Horror Story and she's in that world, that pr- uh, production world, she was able to, you know, I think they wanted a beach house song or something like that and couldn't afford it in the budget. So she was mm-hmm. able to like slide that baby right on in. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, uh, it's so cool. I haven't a, seen the episode. So cool. I'm going to see the episode and see how it ties in, you know, oh, but um, it does tie I in could pretty see, good. you know, I could see that song being a scary song, you know, me being oh, scared yeah. of that song. Uh, yep, yep, really yep. would really fit well, really, really fit well in there. Um, <laughs> so not just that, but you get Eric Stoltz. Right. So those who don't know, Eric is, I, wasn't he Rocky Dennis and mask and he, he was in Pulp Fiction. He was in Jerry oh, Maguire. Yeah. Um, some, some shows like, like mad about you. And I think he directs a lot of Glee episodes and right, right, law and right. order. And, and he's the, he's the dude in the bathtub in the video, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. So at the time, Alexis was working with him. I think it probably was Glee. I don't really remember because she's been a part of all of the those shows. So I'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. which one, but I think it was Glee. And they had kind of struck up a friendship. And she was maybe telling, because he had just started directing or, or new to directing or whatever. And I think she was saying how that's the path she wanted to go down. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like encouraging her. Like, well, you should just do it, you know, or like just mm. pick some projects, do it, or just encouraging her. And I think so she was kind of like, she just kind of doubled down on him and was like, Well, if I do this music video, will you be in it? <laughs> if it like <laughs> works with your schedule. And he said, Yes, of course. We were all so thrilled, so right. excited. At the same time, none of us thought it was really gonna happen. Like that mm-hmm. he was gonna show up. You know what I mean? I don't even think she thought he was gonna show up. Right. And he did. Yeah, he totally pretty... did, and it was crazy. <laughs> and, I've never and, had him... and he let you cut him and, and oh gosh, let him die had, in, the, in the bathtub. We had so much fun. It was crazy. I was so nervous because I'm not an actor <laughs> by any means. Like, I do my best. Right. I, you know, I just tried to do whatever she told me to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, 
I'm a little self-conscious. I wasn't super like comfortable by any means. And he would like, <laughs> he was like trying to like get me in the character, which was so weird for me. <laughs> right. Cause that's not who I am at all. Mm-hmm. This video got a half a million views almost. Well, that's because I think, I mean, obviously I love the video. I think Alexis did a fantastic job. It was so fun to make, but I think it is because she slid it in American Horror Story. Right. You know I mean, that's a huge fan base of people. Now, was yeah. she a part of your other music videos as well? Because it seems like uh, what I like about your music videos is it's very interesting and it's very kind of low budget, kind of like a Danzig music video yeah, or something. Totally. Did yeah. she have a part of the other no, music videos was, you had? She was in some of them as like a member of the band or whatever, but that was mm-hmm. the only one that she actually um, directed or filmed. I did a couple of them with collaboration with some people. Amanda did one. I'm trying to think who else did one. My friend Rachel. Yeah, we had a, I mean, that to me, that was the fun part. The photo mm-hmm. shoots and the music videos. Like, that's where Kids and Cousins, like, we all brought our A game. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, and I could see that, too. I could sense it, you know. So I mm-hmm. might be looking too deep, right? I okay. kind of, that's kind of what I do. Okay. So that Eric Stoltz guy, in yeah. 1996, he was in a TV movie called Don't Look Back. Oh, interesting. Was that a coincidence no, or was it? that's absolute coincidence. Okay. Absolute I'm just looking deep, but I thought that was pretty that's funny. Really, I had no idea. That's, that is super interesting. I don't. I wonder if Alexis even knows that. That's funny. If you, um, if you look in the Wikipedia page, I'm looking and somehow it just kind of caught my eye. I'm like, okay, I, I don't know if you guys picked this guy because of that or, or no. it's, a, it's a nice little Easter egg, but just, just tell people it's an Easter egg. I like that. I wish it wasn't a coincidence. <laughs> I think that's that's so funny. Yeah, no, that was a fun a fun little perk of having a friend involved in the band who also had like industry mm-hmm. ties, you know, get fa- some favors pulled. I definitely got to wear some really cool outfits that I would normally never have been able to wear, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, fun times. Pillar of Salt was ultimately, I think. It's it's sad because Amanda wasn't in the band yet, and I have so many great Amanda moments in my music life. So I, mm. I don't like saying that was like my most favorite time in Kissy Cousins, but that was a real good, that was a real sweet spot. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. Now yeah. two years later, you release um, "Unfortunate End." So and again, point, this is this is a lot a lot more right. rock. It's still still very scary. You can still play play the Splatterhouse <laughs> with it. Yeah. And totally. um, but the song "You Bring Me Down" the music video was pretty interesting. Yes. Can you so, can you tell me yeah. something about that? Yeah. So my friend Courtney, um, that's amazing. So she went on to do. She was one of the writers on Mr. Robot. She's like a super creative mind. And at that time, she was doing a lot of music videos for bands in LA. And we had met her because. Uh, she was friends with the drummer, uh, Beth at the time. And she had mentioned she wanted to do kind of like a 
women's prison or women's like kind of mental institute kind of scary like thing and we just thought that was so cool um it was really the first time and the only time we like had we were like on a set and there was like a crew and I didn't they weren't my friends (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know what I mean like helping out it was like a real crew and we had hair and makeup which was and a stylist that again these weren't my like friends it was so Mm -hmm. so that was really fun a fun experience but we filmed that in Boyle Heights it's like this old um hospital that i think they shoot a lot of uh film and stuff there but it was creepy oh yeah it it seems like you know especially at night or something oh yeah Mm -hmm. for sure they probably filmed there too long dead probably has filmed there it was like but it was it was super fun yeah yeah any any (laughs) anything um interesting in this record that you want to share or yeah i feel like what the what sets this record apart a this was the first showing of Amanda, which to me was a big deal because what ended up happening was Kissing Cousins transitioned from Kara, who was like my main collaborator, meaning she would sing with me and I could kind of count on her to play like keyboard parts or play parts on the flute. She ended up moving or eventually moving. She had to leave the band and then she eventually Mm -hmm. moved away. But so when we were looking to replace her, I wanted it to still be a friend because that was the whole point, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and Amanda was dating another friend of ours and they had mentioned to me, like, she really wants to be in Kissing Cousins, but she's like, doesn't want to know how to ask you or like embarrassed to tell you or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. so funny. I was like, oh my gosh, I would love for her to be. And I'm like, what does she want to do? <laughs> like, does, <laughs> does she play anything? Does she want to sing? Like, what does she want to do? So that was the first time that I got to, um, mm-hmm. that she got, that when she joined and we started collaborating, she wanted to play guitar. Okay. So that's why I think the sound shifts a little bit more because now there's two guitars. We're okay. kind of chugging along, trying to play like kind of simple bar chordy type things. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wanted to sing with me. And then we had also, my bass player, I've gone through so many bass players. I've had a lot of really lovely girls who wanted to, participate but we've never really had one that stayed you know from beginning to end so we had gone back and forth with uh my friend melissa who was in other bands and she's still she and her husband are still making music they're super cool people Mm -hmm. and she um had been going back and forth um in kissing cousins like helping us out and then being not having time for it or whatnot but at this point in time we had kim we only had her for a little short stint, but Kim is um, a bass player that we had met through friends, and she uh-huh. was in a band called Missing Teen. Um, and so we stole her for a little while. Mm-hmm. And at the time, she was dating Tim from OK Go, which is how we met him. It's and then like band. had this whole experience of Summer Darling going on tour with them. So this was like a unique time in my life. But me and Amanda collaborated on this one where we wanted to um, make it more thematic, like kind of like Pillar Saw was thematic. We really wanted this one to be thematic as well. So I basically mm-hmm. was, and at that time there were all these stories of all these like terrible things happening to women. I feel like one of the stories was like one of the like beautiful young blondes, like, you know, went missing on a cruise ship and then mm-hmm. it turns out it was this creepy dude. You know what I mean? Like there was all these stories at that moment in time when we were writing these coming out. So I just kind of was like writing stories about these women. Mm-hmm. 
And then this was the first one we did with Sean Foy, who has been my pretty much number one collaborator ever since. Okay. Um, He recorded it, mixed, mastered it, helped write some parts, you know, like just a full on. And then Ben also helped uh, with this one. And we got a harpsichord. Mm -hmm. So we're really like, you know, trying to explore these different issues. But Kim and Steven, who was... Um, another friend of ours um, in a band called Vanna Prosta, and he just has like this crazy voice, like beautiful, can just fly all over the place voice. So we mm-hmm. wanted them mm-hmm. to sing on one of the songs, which to me is so fun. And obviously it's like a silly kind of song, but I feel like he nails it. <laughs> uh-huh. What I love about you and your projects is that you don't really care, right? Like, so, like I would think, like for me, I would be like, no, I want this a certain way. I want this. But again, you you want this as a chance to hang out and to, oh, and to yeah. bond a little bit. I yeah. think that's why I think that's why Kissing Cousins was, um, you know, was a unique band. I mean, you, somehow you captured yeah, so. the fun part of being in the band and somehow you captured that. To me, when I look back on it, that makes me so happy. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that we were able to do that and accomplish that. Yeah, and that was a fun one. I really, um, I all we always loved playing "Throw Her Body in the River." That definitely became a crowd a crowd favorite, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned um, while this is going on, "Summer Darling's still going on. Oh yeah, big time. Wow. Yeah, and we were like, we were going for it. This was like all my my energy and my like thoughts were thinking. We were putting it all in, all in summer rolling. We had done really well and got to go on this cool tour with OK Go, and mm-hmm. like we're having a really fun, exciting time. We got a, our own residency at Satellite, you know. Mm-hmm. So we thought like this is, you know, this is our time. This is it. <laughs> so Kissy Cousins was still going, but I was definitely focused more on summer rolling. And then when, by the time we get to the last one, um. Right, the next one's the last one, I think. In with yeah, them. it was in with them. It's a, it's a. I think this was a seven inch, right? In two thousand and fourteen, you released. Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So this one was definitely. We knew that this was going to be the last, and it was kind of like bittersweet. Okay. Um, bittersweet because you don't ever want a good thing to end, or if you're having fun. But it was just like that time in life where. Now everyone was getting married. Everyone was like in career mode. Mm-hmm. You know, people, it was becoming more of a hassle for them instead of fun. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was more of a hassle to show up for practices or even when we were doing the fun stuff, like we did a video and some photo shoots, like that was even like a struggle trying to get everybody. Right. So it was like, it definitely was showing it's the signs of like, ending but what's really unfortunate is we had really we had melissa back and me amanda and melissa um had really started to like write some weird weird cool stuff which feeling so blue is the representation on that ep of it but really that bleeds over into vicious cousins which was the next project to right. come after this right um but it was such a bummer because i was like oh we were really getting into some weird stuff i would have liked to have seen mm-hmm. <laughs> where that was gonna go but at the same time like um we knew that this was gonna be the last one and we got a residency and we had like 
you know, we, we blew it out. We had all the fun. <laughs> we right. Had a great right. Time. Yeah. We did yeah. it. We and, did and it right. You yeah. made two music videos for those yes. two songs. So I made one and Amanda made one and the other two were supposed to, you know, the other girls were going to make one too. It just, like I said, time and life <laughs> just right. didn't happen, but we got two. I love those videos as well. Yeah. Where did, where did you film the, uh, the cover me? Music that's video? in our rehearsal space. Okay. And that's that, where, okay. Yeah. Right. It's so creepy. It is creepy. Look, I thought it was, uh, an abandoned old folks home or something. <laughs> no, I need, I mean, we didn't even have to try. Like that's right. just what it looks like. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And what about yeah. the, uh, in with them music video? So Amanda, where were we? We were somewhere like, I feel like Angeles National Park or in Malibu or something. I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. We were far, far away. Mm-hmm. And then we ended it at the, in the ocean. And it was just me and Melissa and Amanda. Cause the other girls had had to go or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like, am I just walking into the ocean right now? It's so cold. Uh But it ended up being the album cover. It looks so cool. So you and Ben decided to to start your own record label, right? Uh, Chain Letter Collective? Yes. Is it it hard to run a record label? Do you find it hard? You know, I think because of what we do, it's not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like... I don't know. I don't think we do as much as some of the other labels do. It's we're just we're kind of like a support system more mm-hmm. than like a full on label. Like we have mm-hmm. Rose who she has a very um, great ideas. She's she's really smart. She knows a lot of people as far as like who to send to review, try to get like an Apple playlisting or a Spotify like feature. She mm-hmm. like she's really good at that, which I wouldn't have any clue how to do any of that. And then she knows how to like, she's like our strategic mastermind who just basically helps me and Ben figure out how to keep this thing afloat. <laughs> you know, right. mm-hmm. Ben is more of like the, he's like the, like the daddy. <laughs> like he mm-hmm. wants to send people money and make sure they're doing okay. And mm-hmm. like check in on people. And he's like, you know, that's like his role. He loves these people. It's all about the, the people, <laughs> you know? Right, right. And you also, now is it Velvet Blue or is it uh, Chain Letter that release Vicious Cousins? Okay. I would never put this on cloud to try to make any money <laughs> off of. <laughs> right, right. And it seems like it's uh, it, uh, I'm wondering why you you kept the cousins. Is it is it a merge of two different bands? Yeah, that, that so gets... that's exactly. So what is happened? It? Oh, it's a good guess. Yeah. So like I was saying about chain letter, we so fakers and facial were like the hot bands in the moment in LA, and they were having a residency. Fakers was. Um, and they wanted us to play. So Amanda, so it was me and Amanda basically. Um, and then Ben and Sean Foy. So they, Sean Foy and Ben had a production group and they put out their own instrumental music before Q and Q called Vicious Scully. Mm -hmm. 
after Vin Scully, obviously. Um, And so they decided, so when Kissing Cousins ended, I still had some songs. Me and Amanda still had some ideas floating around. And S-Boy was like, hey, let's just like record them. Let's work on them and record them and see what kind of weird, you know, see what happens. Because why not? (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. So that's what, so we started like messing around, collaborating, and then they asked us to play a show. So we just, it was just easy to, because it was last minute, oh, we're going to play a show. It was kind of like Vicious Scully and Kissing Cousins. So we just called it Vicious Cousins. Well, it's not like that exciting or creative, but (laughs) but Mm -hmm. that's how it happened. So we just okay, I see. Yeah. I noticed there's similarities between uh, vicious, vicious uh, cousins and kissing cousins, um, but although a lot more heavy, a lot more well, rock. Yeah, that's what I'm. Have, that's what I'm hearing. You have Ben and Sean Foy who are not only playing. Sean's mm-hmm. playing bass and Ben's playing drums, but they're also producing it. Mm-hmm. So it's got their little fingertips, which they did. They also are the ones that did um, "Unfortunate End." But this is like to the next level. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Okay. But we also yeah. wrote all these songs together. So like I had an idea, but by the end of it, it's not really my idea anymore. It's all four of us, you know. That's pretty cool. I, I did yeah, see those, so live, cool. um, those live performances of you guys at the Echo last year. And uh yeah. and it just seems like a rock show it seems oh, fun so I, I, I wish i, I wish i could so wish i could there, there's not a lot of those bands out here in idaho and <laughs> that's one thing i miss about la yeah. is just you, you know there's good music everywhere out there and just well, looks like a lot of fun keep our fingers crossed we'll see what the bounce back is like a lot of our music venues have shut down but hopefully there'll be a good <clears throat> diy bounce back when we're allowed to congregate together again you know Right. Yeah. It's it's Uh, weird because it's hard to imagine what it's going to be like. I think it'll go. Look, I I think God created us as as people that want relationships. So people that are like, oh, are we ever going to shake hands again? Yes, we will. Just like after the Spanish flu. Are we ever going to do this? Yeah, we will. You know, I, know. Um, I think we're going to go back to those things because we enjoyed them, you know, and we like to be around I know. people. I yeah, just want to hug. I want to hug yeah. my friends. It's so <laughs> oh, weird. I was even thinking, like, Julie's <clears throat> coming here. Am I going to be able to hug him? I guess not. Yeah, he I should be showing up at the door pretty soon, so I better uh, I better get going. On this. I what, know. Uh, so do you have any other projects coming up? Like, what's, what's down the pipeline right now? I would say... You mentioned it earlier. I forgot what it was. Yeah, so we're doing Giant Waste of Man, which if you haven't checked, I mean, I love it so much. I'm not um, part of the first uh, recording, but I still highly recommend you listen to it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. You have Cam and Ben, so it's two different vocalists. It's so good. They play all the instruments. They're so talented. Mm-hmm. But we've been writing together now, and so we're going to record at the end of October. We're going up to a really beautiful studio, and our friend is recording it, and We'll be social distanced and masked mm-hmm. and make it make it happen. So I'm super excited. The songs are so good. I'm really, really excited. I'm playing bass and singing on some. Uh, all right. Yeah, so that's really it. But I do want to say, as far as Vicious Cousins goes, check out the two music videos that two of my friends made. They're so incredible. And these guys are like, Finger on the pulse. They're going to be huge, these two dudes. Whether it's writing their own movies or what they're... they're, There's something special about both of these guys. So I I highly recommend, like, getting in early, you know? 
uh, especially eat my grits. That's that also mm-hmm. scared me. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've been very scared this week. So well, uh, that's eat Josh my grits Liano, is very yeah. yeah. He's he's right now being he his horror short film got picked up to make a feature. So I don't know when they're going to actually film it since you wow. know things are shut down. But yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that guy's stuff. He's super talented. And then Derek did the other one which is mm-hmm. like oh i mean it like breaks my heart it's so beautiful <clears throat> but also dark and creepy <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i do like how you can like like jason martin likes to say he doesn't like art and he's not an artist i'm glad you're an artist you know i'm glad you say that you're an artist <laughs> because it yeah. because i like art you know i'm a i, I, do I, too. I, I don't do like art. to call myself an artist because i was just a drummer but you know when i did do it but you know, art, art's, art's good. Art, art just kind of uh, puts color into things, you know? Yeah, it does. I love art. I love music. I don't want to live in a world where those things aren't around or able to, you know, be enjoyed. That's like our lifeline. And I'm, I'm very lucky to be surrounded by like-minded individuals. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. Get that. <clears throat> so listen, uh, we're almost at the end here. Questions. Okay. From fans. Oh, yes. Jason Anderson asked you this question. He asks, what's a non-music thing that inspires you to write music? Oh, television. Yeah, TV. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Anything in particular? Well, I watch really terrible shows, but I love drama. (laughs) Anything to do with, like, heartbreak or, like, you know, misfortune (laughs) or just real. Yeah. What have you been watching? What was was, what was your most recent? Well, I came out of the womb and was sat in front of a television, so I've been watching my whole life. Um, But I'm really into 90 Day Fiance right now. Okay. The other way. I don't know if you heard of that. No, but we watch all. We watch everything. Me and Ben watch all the good stuff. We're watching all the HBO stuff. I'll be gone in the dark. Have you seen that? That no nightmares. No, I'm I'm (laughs) done with my. I'm gonna give myself a break. Um, yeah, don't watch that. Oh, the, <laughs> don't watch that one. <clears throat> so, so William Odomek, I think I'm pronouncing yes. his name right. He, he asked you this. He he says, um, "Would you consider recording with Map again?" Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no. Just question. wait for a phone call. I mean, like you said, Julie's got to be willing to share uh, share the share the limelight a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. I might, I might, I might poke him in the ribs a few times next time I, I chat with him. So, you know, I don't know if you know this. He's, uh, he's, he's kind of like the Wizard of Oz behind the scenes, behind the curtain, helping me with this podcast. You know, like, <laughs> so I'd that. be like, hey, tell me a little bit about this. Where do I need to go to find this and find information mm-hmm. on that? So he's, he's actually a big help on this. So you know, next time I talk to him, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll encourage him very, very nicely. So. That's so funny. Um, so uh, William Eckhart, so he yeah, asks, yeah. Uh, he asks, uh, uh, what what is your favorite VBM releases, not including including your own, obviously. Oh, I mean, Bloomsday EP. I remember I mean, that one. Love that so much, and I got to meet Blake Westcott one time. He was mm-hmm. doing, um, it was when Bazan was doing house shows. Mm-hmm. And it was a particular time where Blake Westcott was with him doing the house shows. I don't know how long that lasted, but we got to be a, a fortunate uh, guest at one of those. And I got to meet him, and it was really exciting because I was such a like little girl fan. I was like, ah! Oh, no, that's... Uh, I'm going to try to get a hold of that guy to do an episode, but I heard it's kind of hard. So, uh, But uh, no, that guy, from so the beginning, fun. 
19, uh, when I was in Jupiter, James, uh, that EP I'd listen to all the time. Oh, God, so, so good. And of in, course, I love Bon Voyage. Who doesn't? Yeah, bon <laughs> Jason yep. Martin with beautiful uh, Julie mm-hmm. vocals. Gotta love that. Yeah, I, you know, when I, I actually, before I joined Starflyer, I joined Bon Voyage. And um, I was like, oh, dude, I'm in a legit band. And I think we only played three shows after. And then and then that was it. <laughs> Wait, so I wish you, I, were, were you with them at Cornerstone? Uh, yes. I, I yeah. saw that show. Yeah, that was I'm gonna me. I'm going to look at my pictures, see if I can find you. <laughs> that, was, that was me with a bad haircut and very scared. Uh, <laughs> but I was, I was really sad because uh, I think Bon Voyage quit too soon. Even though they put those other releases out, it's still an actual band that tours. I, I kind of missed that about. I know. Bon Voyage, so, <laughs> yeah, um, and that would have been great. So last question, our good old friend, Jeff cloud, how many drummers have you had? How many drummers? Have, that's such a funny question. Cause I feel like he knows that I, it's really only been Beth with Ben. Mm-hmm. In. Like that's really it. So, cause I've had so many more bass players. <laughs> so, Hey, Heather, um, I appreciate you talking to me. Thank you for sharing all of your stories here because um, I like learning about a band. And then when you talk to, you know, that band member or whatever, it, it opens things up so much. And then you start kind of piecing it. Oh, okay. So that's what happened when this happened and this, Yeah. it, it was, uh, this was the onion that I really liked to peel. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like we have to do a whole other one where we're just like gossiping. Right. <laughs> like enough about me. Let me tell you other things I know about people. Oh man, it, 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 and that's why it's it easy to uh, to go long here because because the things that you're saying was really interesting and and um, you know I hope that you keep your art going. You know I'm glad Thank you call you it art. That's so I, sweet. I hope, I hope that you um, keep releasing things. I, I I was encouraged learning that you've you're you're running Chain Letter Collective because now you're still using your, your judgment, your art yes. into helping other bands. And, um, again, I really appreciate this time and I'm sure everybody's going to enjoy learning about you and the, and the things that were going on and, um, and still going on. And I hope, yeah, <laughs> yes. and, um, I hope yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. And I, and uh, make sure you say hi to Ben. Ben, uh, you I know, will. Ben, Ben was always cool to be. He was really nice. And I know that, uh, yeah, he, he always, he always treated me very, very kind and uh, let me use his drums and and he was you know he's always been a selfless guy so make sure you say oh, hi to him if you're in idaho please uh, let oh my me gosh, know if I you're gonna play in idaho okay it's not too far from wyoming right or is it uh it's next to it's pretty much next to wyoming i think um okay but if you're out there let me know i'll, I'll take we're you guys we're planning a little road trip so okay i'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you up I'd like to give a special thanks to Heather Haywood for joining the Velvet Blue Music podcast today. All song samples will be listed in the description of this episode and are available to stream on Apple Music, Spotify or on your favourite streaming service. You can support all Velvet Blue Music artists by purchasing merchandise on velvetbluemusic.com. A special thanks to President and owner of Velvet Blue Music, Jeff Cloud, for making this podcast possible. Like and follow the Velvet Blue Music podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram for the latest news and upcoming episodes. See you next time.